Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 12 of the Discussion 5. Brought to you by the Brothers of Discussion. The Discussion 5, in reference to the top five most pressing matters in Hockey Town today. And, uh, of course, in reference to the Russian Five. Uh, but we are a part of the uh, Brothers of Discussion podcast network. You can find everything Brothers of Discussion at bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. Uh, thank you for tuning in today. We have a very special episode that'll be a major uh, preview for the Hockey Podcast Network. That's right. We are part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere, every team being covered, they have the shows running. You've got other networks that are out there. You know it. And they don't have a show for every team. Hockey Podcast Network does. That being said, Brothers of Discussion, got a chance to put a conversation together with the Broadway Boys. Of course, Broadway Boys in reference to the New York Rangers. Uh, and uh, I got a chance to speak with one of the hosts of the show, Andy Hamden. Uh, Andy and I go back and forth trying to figure out, you know, which which one of these teams is going to be playoff bound first. Who's got a better chance to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals? You get to hear me talking about uh, the timetable that uh, I've referenced on multiple occasions on the podcast, of course, uh, that five years <laughs> that I see the Red Wings are out of being uh, playoff contenders. Uh, we, we, of course, got into the conversation of can the Rangers get into the playoffs? Uh, so that and uh, so much more coming. And, and, of course, it's in reference to our uh, big roundtable that will be coming uh, around the end of the year, beginning of uh, 2020. End of 2019 is what I mean to say. And um, th- this will be a roundtable to let all the teams at the bottom of the standings to, to build each other up. And uh, I would say I'd apologize to Andy right now because I don't feel I did a great job of, uh, of building up the Rangers because the more I dug through the analytics, the more it just kind of seems some tough times might be coming. But I, I still felt when the season started, like the Rangers are making moves. You don't you don't sign Artemi Panera unless you yourself see that there's you know a, a, a future there uh, that you see with the drafting of Capo Caco that this team is on its way. And Artemi Panarin's not signing a one-year deal, so he's he's there to stay. And if you got a talent like that, you've you've got another superstar uh, in your ranks. So. Let's. Uh, uh, what what I'd ask for you now is uh, to sit back and enjoy uh, the, this discussion between myself and Andy Hammond. And uh, just in case I haven't thrown it out yet or uh, you're not familiar, please go to bodpodcast.com and brothersadiscussion.com to check out everything uh, Brothers of Discussion, which includes our wrestling podcast, which goes out once a week. Um, so if you follow us there on bodpodcast.com or brothersofdiscussion.com, you'll get all the updates for, uh, the hockey podcast. Of course, the discussion five, as you're listening now and the brothers of discussion. Uh, so please head on over, take a listen. Uh, but, uh, for now, enjoy the conversation between uh, myself and Broadway boys host, Andy Hammond. All right. Hi everybody. Welcome to, uh, I guess, hosted by uh, the Discussion 5 of the Brothers of Discussion. And then, uh, Mr. Andrew Hammond, do you want to introduce uh, your show just real quick? Hey, what's going on? Thank you for having me. Uh, this is Andrew from the Broadway Boys podcast. Uh, and it's nice to finally have uh, a good original six discussion with uh, one half of the Discussion 5. And yeah, I'm Heck really yeah. excited. No, yeah, and what we want to do here going forward and, and leading into the new year, and uh, Andrew, I'm just assuming that you've seen the conversations uh, within our group here at uh, the Hockey Podcast Network that uh, we want to get all of the, um, I don't know, how do we want to put this? 
uh, the, we'll just put the lower half of the league. We want to get I, everybody together and kind of build each other up. I think, uh, I think I, I just felt like I was missing out on all of the chatter on the top of the league. So I was like, well, what am I going to say? But try and build everybody else up. So uh, that's what we're going to do uh, this, this week, at least for uh, the discussion five. As you know, as we just said, It'll be the Red Wings and the Rangers next week. I'm actually going to be bringing in the Kings, too. So then we'll be talking Kings and Wings. Uh, but this will just be an opportunity for us to figure out where these two teams headed. Um, and, and, of course, for me, at least, uh, after getting shellacked uh, last night <laughs> as a Red Wings fan. Uh, I know, oh, I know I, the feeling. It's getting so tough to come into every episode and go, well, how did this happen? Well, we suck. Uh, so there's that. <laughs> try and dissect it from there uh so andrew i could not be happier that that uh you're here today and and do you go by andrew or andy uh and andy's fine that works for me uh, perfect yeah you but if if you want to call me andrew go ahead i i have no preference I, I'm, I'm reading the old uh the old zoom participants here so i i like andy uh, i go by matt just so you know if you, you'd think we hadn't just been talking for five minutes and we didn't actually introduce ourselves to each other but uh i like that one syllable pop you get the man out of the way and you're done exactly yeah so i i've i've been taking a i don't know maybe somewhat of a deep dive i used to do uh some blogging on sports betting so i had to jump into every nhl team uh at least you know at least once a season uh so i kind of went back into that realm and uh took a look at the rangers and i and I listened to your podcast this morning, too. I don't know how you guys are 500 right now. I don't want to start off that way. But <laughs> so <laughs> I yes. need to know, yeah, from the eyeball perspective, from a guy who, who only sees the highlights on uh, the NHL network, what's going on with the Rangers? Okay, so uh, I'll get, we'll get everyone up to speed who is a Detroit <laughs> fan pretty quick. Uh, so yeah. as you know, after uh, – Years of kicking the same can, the, the Rangers front office said, we're done. We're sending out a letter to our fans saying, we've had we've tried too many patch jobs on this tire. Uh, so start selling off some of those veterans, part of the, the, uh, the subsequent uh, Stanley Cup runs. So yep. McDonough's are gone. Your Rick Nash's retire. Your Dan Girardi's get bought out. And all that really remains from that er- that era of three, four years ago is Chris Kreider and Mark and an untradeable Mark Stahl. Oh, and Henrik Lundqvist. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, so they make their intentions known and lo and behold, the fan base is actually kind of behind it because at least they're being transparent, which is weird. And it's like, this is the plan. We're going to suck. And at least they told us we're going to suck. So, you know, they have, they pretty much last year, they, they bottom out uh, properly. They win second overall in the uh, NHL draft. They draft Kako Kako. They, through some of they flip some draft some other young promising young players Philip Heedle, your Elias Anderson's Brett Howden in prior trades and so yeah so basically oh and then this summer they obviously land some uh, some big fish that they feel are might will still be age appropriate and your Artemi Panarin's and your Jacob Trubas there you go so now we're in a very uh, strange space where you have some legitimately good top line players in your Artemi Panarin's your Mika Zibanejad's uh, and maybe Chris Kreider if if you want to argue, that's a different argument. I can have my own podcast and, yeah. and your Jacob Trubas. <laughs> yeah. And then you're left with a bunch of young promising, but have between them, the Rangers are currently the youngest team in the league since they brought uh, 
Ryan Lindegren, Philip Heedle up. I think their average age is like 24 and a half, which is pretty crazy. So, yeah. So if you so to answer the long winded way of answering your question, how are the Rangers 500? A, they have pretty good goaltending tandem in Alexander Gurgiev and Henrik Lundqvist, who have actually been good despite having to face 40 plus shots multiple times this season. And yeah. B, they're one of those teams that because they're they're talented when they they're either dunking on teams or getting dunked on. It's very strange. It's very bipolar. They can either you know the young talent uh, can either ha- have have their breakout moments and they're they're good or they're just a mess. They have no idea what their assignments are and it's a tire fire. Yeah, so, and I mean, yeah. you, you could you could go back to the last three games and just kind of get that whiff. Um, you know, the one thing that we have in common. Uh, we're helping the Senators get a better record. Uh, <laughs> the Red Wings I mean, and the Rangers. That's I. I still John Gabriel Pajot for some reason. I don't know what happened. Maybe someone from New York made fun of him when he was younger. But he <laughs> he seemingly hates the Rangers more than any player in the National Hockey League. Uh, maybe minus Alex Ovechkin. But yeah, I. It's just for whatever reason, uh, the Senators and the Rangers. Those games are even though they don't on paper, they don't seemingly, it's not, it shouldn't, wouldn't be, they're not even in the same, they're in the same conference, but not in the same division. It's just, but they, they, it's always weirdly scrappy. And yeah, I just, I don't know. I can't, I don't know why it's always a, a, a cluster F. Well, I, I, I do have to point out because I think this is a good opportunity for us to build up both of our shows too. But uh, I, like I said, I just listened to your, your episode and I have to give you props because obviously I'm in the future. And you correctly said, you know, you said it's, it's exciting that we've got the Senators and the Red Wings coming up, but uh, we know our Rangers. And I, I just, and, and for me to be in the future listening to that was, I got, I, I was quite tickled by that. Um, you know your Rangers too well, and you, you saw it coming. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you beat, beat Nashville, beat the Lightning, lose to the Senators. Sounds about right to, right to me, so... Yeah, we're taking, like, the Red Wings are taking a different approach. We're going to lose to the Senators, we're going to lose to the Lightning, and we're going to lose to the Predators, all by five goals. Um, it's... <laughs> I, I, I only got to see some highlights. The, the, the few highlights I saw, I saw the score, and I, I went yeesh, and then I, because, and I saw the, the streak now of uh, the losing streak, and then I saw Dylan Larkin fighting, was that, what, Matthias Eckholm? Yeah, I... What, what, what is... <laughs> Why is Dylan Larkin fighting with Team Seckham? What happened? You know, one of the things that, I, that my brother and I have been talking about is, and it all started at the beginning of the season was, or, or I guess I should say in the summer, was the announcement that there will not be a captain. Okay. And I think they're getting farther and farther from a point where they can actually make a difference. And of course, this is so far outside the realm of any analytics that we could bring up. We're, we're, we're strictly talking eyeballs right here. Yeah. What are we seeing on the ice? And Larkin was a guy that, you know, at the start of the season, we were flying high. We were three and one. Uh, Larkin was putting him in the net. Uh, you know, Mantha looked like, oh, my gosh, maybe we accidentally have an elite player. And now these guys have fallen so far. I mean, now we're at 16 games uh, where Larkin was over the point per game uh, mark, you know, four, four and five games in. And now he's at 12 points through 16 games. So, I think he's seeing he's becoming less and less effective offensively and it's gotta be the frustration is getting to him. And I I think, I think this is a guy that uh, he grew up in Waterford, Michigan, which is uh, 
it's a, it's it's still considered i think the detroit metro area even though it's about a half hour drive from the center of detroit but this is a guy that would would fit the mold of like the captain for your red wings team going forward and if it's not just the frustration then then it's got to be a guy saying all right if i'm not putting him in the back of the net i've got to do something and that honestly is the most positive way i can spin that <laughs> well listen i you know that with the way you just phrase that to me now it i i dare i say i may have shed a tear just seeing because now i i bought into the story uh okay. nothing nothing seems to be going right but line and sinker and i think i think every uh i think most people can put two and two together and know that dylan larkin will be the next captain of the detroit red wings but and yeah i mean it's funny See, because no. from a rangers perspective uh, Rangers fans felt the similar way about Mika Zibanejad. It was only a matter of time, and that this might—they finally might put the the C on his jersey. And uh, but it didn't obviously didn't happen. They announced mm-hmm. they're not going to go with uh, any captains again this year, and it kind of makes sense because he came he came out of the the gate flying. It, I guess they felt that if they're not truly ready to compete, why put that more undue pressure if it's not needed? So, and uh, I, I can't I really don't know much about Larkin's personality makeup, but. You know, I think Zibanejad took it in stride, and I think it was more of that I have to double down and show them. So, but I mean, well, one thing I, just before I forget, not to yeah. do a tangent, what is going on with Andreas Athanasiu? Because that's what I yeah last, <laughs> last last year, one of my favorite players in the league, uh, wheels for days, great hands, and now I'm just some of the things I'm seeing on Twitter. Detroit fans are uh, they yeah they don't seem to know what's going on. He looks it. Uh, from the limited viewings I have, he looks, he just looks lost from last year. So uh, what do you, to your knowledge, what do you think is going on with uh, Well, I'll, what hurt him first was coming in late. So he comes in with an injury. And on top of that, I mean, the, the easiest thing to point to right now is, you know, the, the lines are all mixed up. And, and last year we, while Gustav Nyquist isn't really a world beater, it was nice to have him on the first line so we could actually distribute some of the talent, uh, keep Larkin and Nyquist together and uh, have a little bit easier time with, you know, whatever we're doing on the second line that was most of the time Athanasiu and Mantha. Uh, and some of the times we did get Larkin, uh, Athanasiu and Mantha playing together. But uh, ultimately, this is a guy, I hope as, as someone who's been watching his whole career, I haven't been super high on <laughs> and and it always looked to me like this was a guy who could surprise you with his speed but he has had so many great chances like his expected goals never quite reached what that mark should be now last year was the 30 goal season and it did look like everything was going to come into place but this year it just kind of looked like he went he took two steps back so you you could look at that in a couple different ways um number one I think top to bottom uh, we are hitting, I think there's, if somebody is tracking this, it has to be a record because I think we are actually going to uh, have the top three lines and like failing expected goals. <laughs> so so that, that's Dude. tough to do. Yeah. If, yeah. And so it'll be like the, all the second lines, all the third lines, all the fourth lines kind of put together uh, and we're breaking records there. But uh, the problem is just the lack of talent top to bottom. So even if Athanasiu had everything going on, like I could point to, um, I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. So I don't know if you, if you've got any stats up, but I, I'm just, there's, I'm surrounded in stats right now, but, uh, 
<laughs> Athanasiu and his uh, PDO is extremely low. That, I mean, he's he's got the worst PDO on the team. So we're talking about a guy when he's on the ice, everyone around him is also not scoring. Uh, when he's on the ice, uh, the the on ice save percentage drops considerably. So he's he's got the worst on ice save percentage right now. It's seventy five point six percent. So when he's on the ice, it's just it's like the goaltender turns into Swiss cheese. Now a part of that is going to be you, you have to peg it on Athanasiu where he's positioning himself. You don't have that low of an on ice save percentage and not have it be partially your fault. But this is a statistic based on how all of your line mates are playing. So I would make it's it's kind of a double argument here where is you know you, you can put the blame you can you can kind of go the route I've been going and saying like maybe Athanasiu wasn't as good as we all thought he was. The other side of it is all of this talent that we don't have is is catching up with all these statistics. Um, I I for one like one one thing I wanted this conversation to turn to was was something that Steve Eiserman's been asked since he's got uh, since he got here the new GM of the Red Wings. What is the timetable for this team? And this goes back to you, uh, you know, us our short conversation about Dylan Larkin and whether or not he should be the captain. I don't know if he is going to be the captain because when Eiserman is asked about a timetable, now you don't expect to hear two. You know, he's not going to come out there and say two years. We'll be in the Stanley Cup Finals. You guys, you know, give a little wink to the camera. <laughs> the look on his face every time he's asked that question, you could see the pupils dilate and then shrink and him stare away from the camera. I mean, it could be a, a very engaging conversation. And uh, before we had our, our sound bites, had to, uh, had to take a dive here for the, for the Hockey Podcast Network, that was our leading sound bite with Steve Eisman being asked, what's the timetable for this turnaround? And him going, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Just... <laughs> well, I, I, you know, as from a, a neutral bystander, uh, I mean, I have to assume that is not only on when you're, uh, and correct me if I get anyone wrong, because I do, mm-hmm. I do you, the Red Wings do have a lot of prospects in your system that I am high on. Obviously, I think Zadino figured it out. Uh, Cider was obviously a surprising pick, but I really like him. I really like Jonathan Beggar. And, and then obviously you have, uh, you know, uh, you're oh, I'm forgetting his name. He's what's what, who did you draft two years ago? Who's, uh, are you talking, uh, Valeno? He seems yeah, to Joe be Valeno, Joe Valeno, yep. Joe, 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 you did me dirty. And now I'm going to do you all dirty Valeno. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, you know, I, so there's obviously, but then I look at <laughs> Detroit's fourth line right now and that, it's almost literally the cement shoes of a bygone era of Red Wings hockey and applicator uh, and helm and whoever, I guess, who would that be in the middle? De La Rose or whatever. But yeah, um, it's so even helm though has, we can't, we can't blame him too much because he's, he's earned a, f- a couple of games so far this season. Uh, he's gotten to the first line because he's just, he's actually been coming in with, with a good Corsi. The possession stats have been there. Nice. He's never been a guy to finish. He's like, to me, he's like Athanasiu light. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. he's got, he, well, he used to have the speed, but he's still got those surprise, uh, you know, bursts of speed. He just he doesn't quite have the hands of Athanasiu, but uh, no, go, uh, go ahead. I'm, I'm jumping on your point here. No, no. So it's just, you know, I guess I, my question to you is, is, do you think it's, is it more, is it a good combination of untradeable contracts, hindering spots for young players? Do you feel like it's, 
just the in just in general timeline of if if without putting a hard number on it in your in your view how how many years are we away from at least seeing a, a competitive Detroit Red Wings team? Oh, I, I have put a hard number on this on the podcast. Oh, my man. I'm saying like five years to be like, okay. I, I think, I think that's, I think that's a very, very reasonable. Cause I, I do feel that most, I think some, every case is different and obviously mm-hmm. you can see some, yeah, it's not an exact science turning over a team. And then there's always like, well, you know, Boston did it in two years. They missed the playoffs. And now <laughs> like, you know, but if you have elite talent to start, you can just jettison the, that's, put you know trade over trade the complimentary players away and then yeah but it's just i i think that's a pretty a pretty conservative and smart uh bet for detroit yeah and it it all it all does come based off of that unsure feeling you get from from steve the fact that we don't have a captain i think right now he's looking at these contracts because these contracts are all going to be up any anybody on this red wings team obviously in five years uh except for Dylan, they're all they're all going to be dead contracts. So I I look at this as another like this entire roster is a transition into something that could be better. Uh, but I you know what I want to throw this back at you with the Rangers because I when I was doing my season preview, I looked at what the Rangers had done and I said they're making the moves because this team is like right there. When you sign an Artemi Panarin, it's not by accident. Like that, you know. Uh, yeah. One of the one of the things that fans of the Red Wings get all uh, bent out of shape in, uh, or on a, uh, having these conversations on Twitter, is why aren't Red Wings or why why isn't Steve Eiserman doing big signings? Why aren't why aren't we in that game for Panarin? And it's because we are five years away. What's the point of paying Panarin that amount of dough to just lose? You know, be mediocre for the next few seasons. That's what we you absolutely don't want. So. Um, as I was saying, I, I pegged the Rangers as like, they're going to take this big step. And of course I'm looking at the standings. You guys have only played 12 games, so I can't yeah. put too much onus on the fact you only have 11 points. You are one game under 500. So you're, you're, you're right there. You win the next three games. You got an easy one tomorrow night. <laughs> so well, su- super well, easy again, one tomorrow I've, night. And again, you're four uh, points out of a wild card. Yeah. So, I mean, looking well, looking at, uh, the Red Wings, uh, last few game segment that again, there's that. And every fan, every hockey fan can feel it in their funny bone. It starts twinging a little bit, even you know you don't why. So there's, I do want to peg that in. I don't know it. I will say this about this young Rangers team is that they they seem to live and die on their confidence right now. And if they lose it, they can't get it back. If Ooh. if because they were all over Ottawa last night in the first period, held them to barely any shots, and then as soon as the tide turned and they Ottawa started making their game even simpler. And they just had no no response. Started clogging up the middle. Started getting it deep. Started leaning on them. And then the Rangers felt not in the driver's seat anymore. And then they couldn't get it back the rest of the night. And I think that's just because that'll happen. You know, you live in you. There's no live to fight another day when you're trying to make your cut your teeth in the National Hockey League and want to prove you belong. And every shift you're worried could potentially might be your last, or you'll be on a bus to Hartford. So. But yeah, they're there. I think they are this. I'm not really surprised. James and I talk about this on our podcast a lot. They're pretty much the Jekyll and Hyde team that we expected so far. Artemi Panarin is everything is as, as advertised, which is strange because it's been a while since we've had a legitimate top line talent like him 
Yeah. He's good. He almost scores every game or has at least an assist. He carves up the offensive zone. He's so creative. He actually is great for checker and he's 28 years old now, but you watch, he doesn't really take much punishment. He's so creative. So his game should hopefully age well. Uh, That's a great point. Yeah, it's just he, you know, and also he 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 came to the National Hockey League at age 24, 25, so it's not like he has at least less road miles than some of his uh similarly aged uh you know uh <laughs> yeah, some similarly aged Yeah, his players. counterparts. Yeah. Yeah, his counterparts. Thank you. I'm uh, so I just I just no, finished my co- I just finished my <laughs> yes, I just for everyone listening, I just finished my my coffee. I had to run to the get up in the wee hours, but that's anyway. So yeah, I think this Rangers team so far is exactly what uh, we've seen. They can be, they live and die in their confidence. They, they're getting good goaltending except, but you know, you can only do so much when you have five, 23 or younger players on the ice all staring at each other. Like, where am I supposed to stand? And it's, it can become a shooting gallery pretty quick for getting to clear the simple thing. It's the simple things. They remember the systems uh, play that they're taught. But the, sometimes the basics seem to be a little lost on them. Uh, clearing in front of your net, uh, not over committing and chasing people behind the net, uh, sw- not committing to a switch uh, when F1 on the opposing team, uh, you know, if he goes to the opposite side of the ice, it's just, li- it's just little things. You know what I mean? So, so let, me, let me actually, uh, let me jump on that with the little things. Um, so I'll, I'll give you the intro for, uh, for the Red Wings and uh... – my brother and I have gotten, I don't know if, if I want to peg it as an argument, but uh, we've definitely got into it in regards to Jeff Blaschel being the issue with the Red Wings, or do you just chalk it up to there's no talent? So how is motivation, how, you know, regardless of how you motivate the no talent uh, roster, you're going to keep losing anyway. So keep Blaschel on, let the season go, wait till you have a roster and then go for a head coach. So with the little things on the Rangers, are we pegging any of this on David Quinn or what, what are we looking at? So, you know, I think it's early on, it seemed like Rain, Rangers fans were, there were some mum, rumblings of why do they look so lost? Why are they not showing up? These, you know, it, and, and, but then David Quinn would say in the post game press conference, he'd say every, all the right things. We didn't everything that as fans we were seeing, like we didn't do this. We didn't do that. We didn't pursue our gaps were terrible. And then obviously you do the whole, well, if he is he's saying these things, why are they not getting addressed? But right. that's just the nature of, again, having to remind myself as a, and as a Rangers fans, it's a young team getting things to be habit is very tough. And lo and behold, when they've had that, that seeming that breakout game against Tampa where all of a sudden Mark Stahl comes out, which helps immensely because uh, they don't have to, they can actually pressure at the blue line for not fear of getting turn styled. Their transition <laughs> game was faster. And it's just funny how a bunch of little things can make, make a team look entirely different. Like all of a sudden their gaps are better. All of a sudden they're much better closing. They're more alert on their switches. They're playing on their, on their uh, heels and on the ball you know, or on their, the balls, their feet, and not their heels. So I don't, I don't think any of it should be put on David Quinn. I will say there is a, in especially in Rangers Twitter, there's a debate about, Maybe is David Quinn the best guy once this team does come to maturation? Because he's seen, you know, uh, he's not much of an X's and O's guy. He's a very, he talks a lot about not cheating the game and playing the game the right way. So Scotty Bowman, he ain't, but 
(laughs) (laughs) But, but at the, you know, but at the same time, and if, and just from, from my perspective, from analyzing what system he seems to want to play, it, it looks like if you can get your team to buy in, it can be very effective, but it makes it look like a real track meet. It's a bit of a slog. Sometimes it's about, it's about, uh, I would say it's me. It's similar to his, uh, his old friend in Pittsburgh, uh, whose name escapes me coach of the penguins, uh, whatever, but that's that system <laughs> where putting, putting, well, that's a, no, it's all right. Uh, putting, putting, uh, the puck in soft areas and making sure there's support to get it. But the Rangers want to do that, but they just want to literally have three men sprint together from their own, own zone to the and so they have constant support options but it's a track meet and it doesn't seem very sustainable you know it just you look at some of those uh the last few cup winners and they're pretty efficient with only having the puck uh having to use their 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 team speed in selective areas and when and you know they constantly can roll their lines the Rangers seem to get hemmed in an awful lot and they seem to have a lot of because if they they all get caught at the same time because they're all trying to support each other and then you know, you have three, uh, three on one the other way. So I don't know if eventually he's the right player, uh, sorry, the right coach to, uh, once this team flowers properly, but for right now, I think he is a good de- developmental coach. Uh, he's pretty, he's, he said he wants to run a meritocracy and so far, you know, he benchmarks stall. Uh, he is give, I think the only thing Rangers fans are mad about, they feel like Leah Anderson's not getting a fair shake, but he hasn't exactly been a world beater. So I, and everything else that we've seen players like Pavel Buchnevich come into his own under him. And Kako is on power, was on power play one. Finally, he's getting some top line minutes. He has best game uh, since uh, the start of the season last night, despite he was probably the only player was good, but yeah, yeah that think, was, uh, you got to give um, a lot of credit to that, that pass from Fox, but Oh my gosh, nice, yeah. nice finish for Kako. <laughs> yeah, nice finish. And then on uh, Panarin's power play goal, Kako has one of his uh, signature cross uh, Royal Road cross crease uh, passes where he had been trying it uh, in the in the in the Nashville game where he was kind of forcing it a little too much. But yeah. this time he did a good job of uh, signal, using his body language to signal shooting threat. He shot it a few times early to keep uh, the goalie honest. And then, yeah, just perfect pass to Panarin and, you know, say la vie back in the net. Uh, I, I got to say, I am pretty jealous that uh, you get to have those thoughts about whether or not, you know, your coach is, is ready or, you know, is, is he going to be the guy to take you to the, the Stanley Cup finals? And our conversation in Detroit is just, uh, just, just keep him on. We're, we're going to suck no matter who's here. Um, well, my, well, we my, were there with Alain Vigneault a few years ago. Right. But it was seemingly <laughs> when things were trending in that direction, it was, uh, there was that debate of that if they're, they need to it's a team that refused to bottom out for so long that it was you were you know the dreaded middle they call it so uh it was time but um, you'll get there you'll i'm sure you guys will get there and and just to jump on uh capo and let me know if if uh, i know we're we said like 20 25 minutes now we're at 28 minutes but uh i did at least for for all the red wings listeners i mean that was one of the you know we, we both both the rangers and the red wings had their struggles last season um, and we were super jelly uh, that we didn't get as far down <laughs> on uh, on the draft list. I mean, to me, at least, you know, listening to Jeff Merrick uh, on a weekly basis, you have a game changer on hand. Um, I, I do, you know, you said his, his best game came, uh, came against the Senators. I mean, what, 
give me give me top to bottom like what uh what do you see do you guys see enough here that this is a first line guy or yeah i so obviously when uh makes the team right out of camp as an 18 year old which is no easy yeah him and uh him and jack hughes have taken a lot of flack for not coming out screaming but you know people forget even mcdavid didn't score his first goal until his third game in the national hockey league oh man three games yeah (laughs) i know i know i know that's a terrible point of mine but no 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 you're kidding yeah yeah but so i think what i will say about kako is that he has uh consistently said he wants to be a difference maker which i love and sometimes rightly or wrongly he is not a shrinking violet and he wants to hold on to the puck as much as he can and he wants to try to make plays and obviously this is a, the north american game even though i do think ultimately some of those issues are overblown switching from a larger sheet but it is faster and you do have to take the time to adjust and you do have to try things and fail and have a aha to have that aha moment you know what i mean so oh yeah he he has gotten better consistently every game. Uh, him and Fox have seemed to have good chemistry. And Kako's game is not at one of a transition game, although I am very – because the, the few concerns about him, were, well, he doesn't have uh, the best breakaway speed. He's more of a small area player using his uh, puck protection skills in his hands. But he is – shown that he wants to make plays to gain the zone and he's actually pretty good at it he's just not obviously not a burner he's not a jack hughes um but i i think it's just clear by watching him that he can become a dominant possession player in this league he obviously needs to shoot the puck more but i think i would think the coaching staff has told him that listen i know you put a lot of pressure on yourself but just don't be afraid to make plays and Lo and behold, the last few games, he's been making more plays. He's been shooting the puck more. And he's been getting – and I think he's also seeing, oh, I'm getting rewarded off more off of these broken plays and just chaos in the zone as I am to the trying to do what I'm used to and just using my superior frame and skills against, albeit men, but uh, they're not yeah. National Hockey League players. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. at least, you know, from uh, me trying to take my deep dive this morning, uh, I can see it. I mean, this this is a guy that when you score that goal uh, from from Fox, I, I only see it too often with the guy we mentioned earlier with like Athanasiu, where he gets out in front of the net and he slams it right into uh, the goalie's pads. So it's just it's one of those things where let's use that phrase, the little things. Like you can at least see the glimpses for Capo, and 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 you have the best point of all. He's eighteen. There's so much room for growth. And uh, I, 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 for one, at least just watching last night, I think he's a cat to be excited for. I, I, I'm jelly. Yep. We're- well, listen, if, if things keep going the way they're going, you might not have much. Uh, you can get your uh, Lexi Lafreniere peanut butter and your jelly. Uh, oh, yeah. Together. Or, <laughs> but, or even, even Quentin Byfield, who is a stud in his own right, and a one-two for the next however many years of Larkin and Byfield would be tremendous or just even having Lafreniere on Larkin's wing would be tremendous. So, I mean, it's the, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, stay strong. Oh, I, <laughs> I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold on to that comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, hold it near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are, like I said, we're, we're getting far past where, where I wanted to, uh, to kind of cross off or, uh, or, 
I don't know. I don't want to say end the conversation, but at least we got to save some things uh, for our, our big round table that'll be coming uh, closer to the, the new year. I don't know if we're going to do it before the new year, after the new year, but um, we got we to gotta figure out uh, the specifics on that. But this, this has been a very fun conversation. It, it kind of just highlighted for me, um, it, at least, at least I, I, I'm happy that the names of Moritz Sider and Zadina are top of mind for you so that I can at least say, all right, it can't be a total loss if everybody knows their names. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I know I'm still, I'm actually the guy that's, that's still kind of down. Uh, maybe not on Cider, but Zadina, I, I've caught a couple of the minor league games and he seems to be mailing it in. But, um, you know, it is the minor leagues. And guys, if you got the talent, you'll step it up when you come to the pros. So I, I do feel a little bit better. So I think, uh, I think mission accomplished here. I, I don't know if my ramblings on about how I actually I thought the Rangers were going to be a playoff team and I know you guys are are still right there and we know how I don't I guess I'm trying to decide I was I was going to use a word and I know we have our rules on the hockey pod so I'm just <laughs> going to say we know how bad the NHL can get so I think uh not to say that <laughs> this is such a backhanded compliment uh, I'll but t- listen I'll, I'll take all that are right there you, 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 you got yeah it. they're they're uh they're they're not it's not a they're not boiling and they're not bubbling but you start to see where right before you see those little bubbles form on the bottom of the of the pan when you're boiling water oh, yeah. so and they're they'll slowly be slowly that'll come to a, a rolling boil and uh yeah and so they're they're that's why it was time to drop in the new they're po- poised is the nice head. they're poised to take the next <laughs> step is the, is the way they usually frame that stuff so i like that yeah. all right well uh andy thank you so much uh for for taking the time out of your day it sounds like your day is going to be a lot busier than mine um i'm sitting <laughs> well in i don't I, right now. Yeah, well listen i i don't have a uh a newborn congratulations again by the way thank you so Appreciate i that. don't think it definitely not as important maybe you might be busy but maybe not as important as yours and uh i was thinking about if uh if what in a as a, a, a olive branch from the city of new york what i could leave you with and i just remembered something that uh new york nicks uh i don't know if you would say great but michael ray richardson once said is the ship be sinking and the sky's the limit so Detroit Red Wings fans, <laughs> remember that. I want you right. to remember that. That'll be that'll be our hashtag to go with grin and bear for Lafreniere. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Should be sinking the sky's the limit. All right. Well, thank you so much, Andy. And uh, I think uh, it was nice to meet all, all the New York Rangers fans who are tuning in. And I, I know the Detroit Red Wings fans appreciate hearing, uh, hearing what's going on uh, down the road over in New York. So thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. Let's do this again sometime. Definitely. Thank you.